Welcome and thank you for listening to this message from Legacy Church New Braunfels. To connect with us, go to LegacyNB.com. Now enjoy this message from Pastor Jay Miller. For me, I take it so seriously about what is he wanting to do in the room and what's he wanting to do in the region and beyond. And and so I just wanted to, because I'm a, I'm a, I love my family here, um, I want to make sure that what I was coming at you guys with was not harsh, but y'all understood it wasn't about y'all's worship being subdued at all. It was actually this picture of what the, and, and it wasn't until I was in the back talking with Hunter that it that kind of brought it to clarity is the enemy was actually trying to put a glass jar over the top of the worship because he knew he couldn't stop you from worship and praising, but he wanted to try to subdue it from being able to impact the region and the city around us. And, and a lot of times a, a glass jar coming down is you can see God or you can see through it, right? But he wants the sound. He doesn't want just the sight to be able to come with it because uh, he knows what the praise does. And, uh, and just during that place of getting up and being able to, to, to steward it through worship, through dance, it's never about performance. But when we begin to understand and we get to co-labor with the Lord and what he's doing, that worship is not just for me. There's certainly a benefit for me. Amen. Like, you know, I get to love with him and engage with him, and he brings healing, and he brings wholeness, and there's freedom in the presence, and where the presence of the Lord is, there is freedom, and 100% true, it's not an either-or proposition, it's and, there's this assignment that we have as the body of Christ, because we have the lungs of the Lord, we're the lungs of the body of Christ, where we get to declare the voice of what God's doing through our praise, and our worship begins to change stuff, and I just heard the Lord say, as you guys begin to to worship, and a couple of the guys came up here, and as things began to happen, I just heard the Lord said, finally, and he did a, took up the glass container that the enemy was putting on, and he just shoved it on the ground, and he goes, Mazel tov. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, like at a Jewish wedding especially, you know, they raise up the champagne glass, and then celebration, it's a, it's a shout of celebration, you throw it down, and you go, Mazel tov. and I just like, the Lord's like, yes, there's my, my kids, they got it, they didn't let what the enemy was trying to put the subduing over them, being able to lift it up, and then he shoved it down because of your praise, and it's just, it's amazing what God's doing, so I just want you to hear that. If you're coming in here, and this is your first time here, welcome, my name's Jay Miller, and uh, just honored to have you guys with us, and you're coming into something right now that God's been working on for, for quite a while. Um, it's kind of obvious that we got the eternal God, but I mean, specifically in our recent history, um, in the last 10 to 14 years, God's been doing something in this region from San Antonio up to Dallas um, that is pretty magnificent in I-35 corridor and where he said that, that what God does here is going to become a blueprint design that will bring transformation across the planet. And, and so the way you guys are worshiping, the way you guys are, quote unquote, fighting for the faith. Fighting for the faith has nothing to do with your effort. It has everything to do with your surrender to him and your celebration in it. Just, there, there's, there's something about celebrating what, who he is in the middle when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and it's walking or surrounding me. I go, yeah, it doesn't bother me. Why? Because he's with me and he's not just walking beside me. As a born-again believer, he's living inside of me. My God's not dead. He's certainly alive. He's living on the inside. I think that was a song. That's it. And if he roars like a lion, what does that do for us? Come on. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh is lived by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so I begin to get in this place of partnership with the Lord. What are you doing in the completed work of Jesus? What does that look like now? I just want to read the scripture for you in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I got my spectacles here. I'm believing that I'm not going to need these things for very long because I'm going for healing. 
But I also live very practically to say there's no second-class healing, right? I'll use this until I can't. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50, 50, 50, 50. And I'm, I don't need a 50 cent, I need a $50 bill. That will go after that. No. It says, now I say this, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable. Let me hear you say the perishable. Let me hear you say the flesh. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Let me hear you say the imperishable. Let me hear you say the spirit. Verse 51, behold, I'm telling you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable puts on the imperishable, and this mortal puts on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Stop there. I'm going to read the next verse in a second. If you're not careful, you'll read this verse and say, so the, the goodness won't come until the resurrection at the end. The last trumpet, that's when, that's when I'll get what Jesus actually paid for. And that's not at all what it is. That will be the completion of what I've actually received. But he says this, I place my spirit inside of you as a down payment on what's already been fully fulfilled and fully paid for. It's actually, I know in Scripture it uses the language of down payment, but I don't actually like the idea of down payment because down payment actually uh, conveys this idea that there's still something more to be paid. It's not. No. He invested a part of his spirit on the earth of what's already been paid for completely so that you will interact with him, you will live with him from the place of victory. So in that day, you will fully experience the rest of what he's invested inside of you. Parable of the talents. Parable of the minus. He's given you talents. He's placed something inside of you. Do business until I come back. Invest this thing I've placed inside of you. I've invested freedom inside of you. Invest it in others. I've invested healing and wholeness inside of you. Invest it in others. I've invested light inside of you. Become the light so the darkness actually fades away. This is where we have to begin to live. Because look what it says here, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be firm be immovable. Let me hear you say immovable. Always excelling in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That means this. It's not just when the trumpet falls and blows. That's just the final accumulation of all things. But it already began when Jesus says, it is finished. It already began when he walked out of the grave. It already began when he ascended to the Father, sat down, went to the mercy seat, implied his blood, and says, now it's fully been paid for. Then he came back and he talked to them for 50 days, talking to them about the kingdom of heaven, saying the Father's promise is coming. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. He's going to do you with power. He's going to, he's going to fill you with healing. He's going to fill you with wholeness. I was talking to one of my sisters who, who ministers, and I'm going to be careful with this because social media, you have to be careful nowadays with our missionaries. But I was talking about a particular area in a particular country somewhere over 14 hours away, ish. They've actually passed a law to make it illegal for healing to take place 
magical healings. You know why? Because evangelism is being so successful now. And under the guise of, well, there's charlatans out there that will make the, you know, fleece the poor to, to pay for stuff, like Simon the Sorcerer type stuff or whatever. But what you're telling us is the healing gospel is beginning to explode and expand in a country that needs it. And what I'm telling you is the enemy cannot subdue what the Lord's going to do unless we allow ourselves to be subdued. Unless you let your voice be silenced. Unless you let your hope be crushed. And at the same time, there's stuff that happens in life. We all have these stories. It's this tension point going, God, I believe in total breakthrough, and at the same time, I haven't seen it. But I know you've already paid for it. What do I do with that? You praise him. You trust him. You go, I will not sacrifice the truth of who you are for the lack of my experience in the truth. It doesn't cease being true because I haven't experienced it. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How many people have not experienced yet the truth, the life that Jesus brings to them? Does that make Jesus ineffectual? No. It just means their time is coming. And I tell you as the body of Christ, your time is coming. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, it was years. And then a suddenly Jesus moment, it manifested. Why then? I don't know. But God knew. And he determined that was the time. That was the best time. And I just feel like there's this moment where we as the body of Christ, we have to step into this revelation that he is a good father and he's dead set determined to see his kingdom actually be fully experienced everywhere on the planet and he's limited himself to us. Which is not really a limit. See, I think that's the problem. Sometimes we, oh, this flesh, I'm imperishable. I'm per- what can I do? What can I do? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I just yield. So his limitation's not really a limitation unless I limit him through me. And my thoughts and my beliefs and what I'm pressing into and my disappointments, all those things. I embrace wholly the comfort of God so that I can step into the presence of God that actually sets me free. God's doing something right now. We have to be ready for what he's doing. Our labor's not in vain one bit. Where, O oh, death, is your sting? That needs to go to this place of today. I've got a loved one I'm praying for. They haven't had total breakthrough. And I go to this point, either I can go, death has still got a sting in this person, or I go, oh, death, where is your sting? Because of Jesus. I've chosen to go, where, O oh, death, is your sting? You actually don't have a stinger left in my loved one. You're like, well, wait a minute, Pastor. They're, they're still dealing with an illness. Did Jesus pay for it or not? It's settled. It's finished. It's done. The broken out there need to know it. The broken in here need to know it. We need to transition from childishness to childlikeness. The child that says, Daddy's got it. I don't question whether the father's paid for it completely, whether the father can do it or not. If he says, I can do it, I can do it. Childishness will go, eh. Look for excuses not to. 
childlikeness goes, no, but I know who my daddy is. The fullness of it. Do you see what we're happening this morning? What was happening is I know what the Lord's going to do. He's going to release something through communion that we're going to do today through Psalm 23. In fact, go ahead and flip your Bibles to Psalm 23. I'm not going to preach long because I want to give ministry time more time today. But we had to break up the ground. One of the things I walk in is a breaker anointing. And then so this morning I had a level of dissatisfaction, not from anyone, but because I could see what the enemy was trying to subdue because he knows just as well as I do how good Jesus is and what Jesus can do. And it scares him to death to see his body actually believe that. So we had to prepare the ground. That's why the worship here was important because there's going to be something happening at the altar today that is going to set destinies in motion. There's going to set people with freedom in ways you've never experienced freedom before. You should know this verse if you've been around the Bible any period of time. If not, it's okay. But Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. Let me hear you say, will not be in need. Well, what happens when I have needs? It just means the needs are fulfilled. Like, well, I haven't seen it show up in my hand yet. I haven't seen it show up in my body yet. I haven't seen it show up in my body account. I understand that, but I will not be in need because he's faithful. He's the one who provides. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. What's the key in that moment is surrender and rest. Not a cessation of activity, but a cessation of my human heart striving to figure out how to make it happen. And in this place, he lets me lie down by green pastures. It's a freedom thing. It's, it's rest. Chill out. It's going to be okay. It's not minimizing the problem. It's saying the problem needs to be put in its proper context. The proper context is Almighty God. David had a glimpse of who the Messiah would be and what he would do. We have a full glimpse. We have something David didn't have. We've got the Spirit of God living inside of us. We actually had an advantage that David did not have when he wrote this. We've seen the fulfillment of the Messiah coming and setting people free. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet. Let me hear you say quiet. Other translations probably say still. That means when you just got this, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Anxiety is not stillness. Whether it's physical in nature, and there's a true statement, there's physical manifestations of anxiety that's not your mind's all out of whack. It's your body's got some stuff that needs healing. And when you get to the place where, Lord, maybe, maybe it's not my mind's out of whack. Maybe right now I just need a healing touch in my body. Just as much as if I get the flu, I need a healing touch in my body. It's not that my lungs are all jacked up. I just got sick. And we begin to understand that there needs to be a dysfunction brought into the full function of the peace of God. I wasn't going to go there until I just realized that's a word of knowledge for somebody in this room, maybe multiple people. We're going to go there. Hormonal imbalances he's going to bring into balance today. I felt so incredibly sick in the room. And he's going to set you free from this, this self-shame that says, there must be something wrong with me because... I'm feeling anxious and exciting. The enemy's lied to you. And there's people in the church who told you, if you were just a better Christian, if you just, it's a physical thing that needs to be touched. So he's going to touch your heart from the condemnation. 
and he's going to touch your body and lead you by still waters. Let's just do that right now. Still waters. I speak it now over you. I declare still waters. The hormonal system, the blood systems of the body. There have been rushing rivers, and I command you now, still waters. what it says in verse 3. He restores my soul. Let me hear you say restore. You don't hear, you don't restore something that hasn't been through some stuff. One of the shows, I don't watch a lot of shows, but some of the ones I like to watch is some of the, the classic car remodeling, sports cars, all that stuff, and they'll take a rust bucket they find in a field that's been sitting there for 35 years and in its heyday, it was a bad machine. But it's been neglected and left over, and they restore it. They bring it back to life so it can have the, the power and the, and the magnificence. And sometimes there's new designs that are put into it and whatnot. I just feel like that's what the Lord's doing, your mind, your will, and emotions. He restores your souls, the place where you felt like a rust bucket. I have no better word. That's a word of knowledge. So, so if that means something to anybody, you're not a rust bucket. He restores your soul better than ever as if it had never been left in the field alone. Prophetic team, you're going to get that later on when you pray over people. I'm telling you right now. I could could go there, but I'm not going to go there. There's a prophetic word in that for some people, word of knowledge. He restores my soul and he guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Can I ask you a question? Why do we reserve Psalm 23 to only the valley of the shadow of death? We come up with this list or we come up with this scale well, it's not quite to the valley of the shadow of death yet, so maybe it's, I don't need to read the psalm. Because the thing I'm dealing with is not as bad as what somebody else is dealing with, and we just need to get to the place of out of comparison and go, no, I'm surrounded by death. The planet's dark, but I'm alive. I'm here to bring light to it. And so it doesn't matter. Why do I reserve this only for when I feel like I'm walking through the valley of shadow of death? Because the Lord is actually wanting to set you free realizing that everywhere you walk is a valley of the shadow of death until you bring it into the light of his glory. It's not just about your experience. It's about what's experienced in the world. And we need to come to this place of saying, no, there's more and there's more. If I've walked out of the valley of the shadow of death, there's actually more that he has for me so that can I walk back through and I can bring life to it. I just feel like we need to come back to this. Even though I walk through it, I fear. Let me hear you say, I fear. No evil. Why? Because he's with me. He's taking care of business. He's packing. His rod and his staff is not just talking about, I get it's the shepherd. I understand this. You have to see this from a governmental perspective. He carries the rod of authority. 
So he's going to send you in places. I think there's a word for you, Pam. He's going to send you in places where the enemy has carried a level of authority of darkness. And he goes, I'm with you. My rod's actually with you. Use it. That's why I get this picture of. It's like we're walking into work tomorrow, and then somebody's like, okay, Lord, what are you going to do? He goes, I don't know. I put the rod of authority in your hand. What are you going to do? My sheep are in that place. How are you going to lead them? This is the verse. These next two verses have been blowing me away. And you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Let me hear you say you prepare a table. It's not just any table. This is, the, this is the wedding lamb, wedding of the lamb table. This is the celebration of your union with him. This is the celebration that says all the enemies of Christ have been defeated. At the last day, even the devil is going to be drugged before the Lord, and he will have to, not because he's forced to, but there will be no other option for him to be able to kneel down and confess that he is Lord. Not his Lord, but he'll just have to acknowledge, yep, you're the Lord of all. I was wrong, I was off. Actually, he won't even say I was wrong. Presence of the enemies. A table, the communion table, the last supper. Hey guys, I'm actually going to die tomorrow. But be a good cheer. I'll be back. And this table I prepare for you is not just a singular table. It's the table you reside at all the days of your life. It's this imagery, this contradiction that says, even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm seated with him at the table of communion with him. It means I can walk and I can run and I can fly and I can sit all in the same posture of rest, the completed work of Christ. I prepared a table for you. Look what the result of this is. You have anointed me. Let me hear you say anointed. In the Hebrew, it means to be fat or grow fat. If you've been working for a verse. This isn't trans fats or any of that stuff. This is to be, you've anointed my head with oil. Another translation says this, take away the ashes. What ashes are you carrying? And he wants to anoint you. My cup overflows. Saturated. Abundance. The thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life and life in what? In abundance. Verse 6. Certainly. Let me hear you say certainly. Let me hear you say definitely. Let me hear you say always. Your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life. If you're born again, say I am. How long are you going to live? Forever. This is temporary. I'm living forever. Because he lives in me. Certainly goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord. I give a context here and the Lord says, and you will be my dwelling place forever. When we abide with him, what did Jesus say? I and the Father in one. He's in me, I'm in him. 
And oh God, that they would be one with us as I'm one with you. This isn't just about the far and off place we go. This is true in this moment. I am the dwelling place of the Lord forever. Now tell me what the devil has on that. Seriously. Seriously. I'm just telling you, there's this invitation that we have to step into and break loose some things. I'm going to read one more verse, and then we're going to set the table of the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. I'm going to read in the Passion. You don't have to turn there. This was part of God's plan, for he was chosen and destined for this before the foundation of the earth was laid. But he has been made manifest in these last days for you. It is through him that you now believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him so that you would fasten your faith and hope in God alone. So that you would fasten your faith and hope in God alone. Now because of your obedience to the truth, you have purified your very souls. And this empowers you to be full of love for your fellow believers. So express this sincere love towards one another passionately and with a pure heart. For through the eternal and living word of God, you have been born again. And this seed that he planted within you can never be destroyed but will live and grow inside of you forever. When you say forever. So, Kat, if I can get your team to pass out those things. And then, Stephen, if you can grab the uh, table. And, Chris, I, made, I, made, I meant to bring it down. Can you, can you go grab the shredder for me? The shredder from my office. I meant to bring it down. Shredder from, from the admin office. If you get, I'm, I meant to do that earlier and I completely. Oh, no, you're good because they're going to activation. They've got a moment. Keep, keep coming. Come to right here. And then go all the way up to the The Lord gave me a download of what we were supposed to do today, last night. And as you probably figured out, you can plan all you want, but it's better to get it on His plan. We're a training and equipping church. I can preach and encourage you and build you up all day long, and I'll definitely do that, but I'm also here to impart something to you to step into a breaker anointing but more importantly than this and as you start kind of reading what this says on here I'm going to release a baptism of innocence today here's what ends up happening many times we come to the Lord and we have a record of wrongs wrongs that we've committed or wrongs that have been committed against us and we hold it as legal paperwork And so even though we come to Jesus and he offers us forgiveness for our sins, and that's an absolute true statement, we receive his forgiveness. But a lot of times we still have this record of what we were forgiven for. And then the enemy will come and mess with your heart 
So you keep going back to the record of wrong. Even though you go, but I know Jesus paid for this. Or he'll try to trip you up. And the Lord goes this, I remember your sins no more as far as the east is from the west. He didn't get amnesia. He chooses to make a declaration of innocence over you by the blood of his son. When Jesus paid for your sins forever, that means there is no legal paperwork in heaven. Let me scripturally back this up. In John, where he's resurrected, Mary sees him and has this revelation. He goes, hey, to go tell my brothers. I'm going to be right back. And she wants to cling to him. She goes, no, you don't cling on to me because I have not yet ascended to my father yet. Why? He had to take what he had paid for to go to the mercy seat seated in heaven and actually apply the completed work so the charges that were against you would actually be forever wiped out. The paperwork that had your list of wrongs was burned or saturated by the blood of Jesus. So we need to move into this place where it's not just about we've been forgiven. I move into this place of I've been declared innocent. Because if you don't know that you've been declared innocent, it'll be really hard for you to move, but I was a sinner. And it will be easier to sin again. But when you move into this place of innocence, it creates a difficulty for you to move back into the place you no longer have paperwork for because you don't identify by it anymore. Same way, people that have done you wrong. Jesus tells Peter, forgive us 70 times seven. Why do you have to tell him 70 times seven? Because people were still holding on to paperwork. Oh, I've forgiven them, but I remember. And what if we went to this place of going, no, I've forgiven them and I've declared them innocent where I'm not gonna hold. I want you to take a minute. The presence of the Lord is here. I want you to begin to ride out as the Holy Spirit leads you. What paperwork are you holding about yourself? And what paperwork are you holding against others that needs to be burned before we go to the table? Let's just take a moment.
probably verbal processors. You don't have to write the War and Peace version of it. Just identify it. Go ahead and ask my altar ministry team and prophetic teams. Go ahead and y'all go through first. Here's the other thing too. You may not have anything to write on the paper and that's okay because you've gone through this process already. guys are already starting to do it as you get to that place where you're ready to move we'll shred the paperwork you'll take communion we're going to prophetically do psalm 23 i will anoint your head with oil and make a declaration over you then we have an altar ministry team that wants to bless you pray with you and we have a prophetic team on the end that also so just continue let's just make this place of worship if you still need to be prayed for obviously our team will be here for a few minutes we're going to close out here uh, we have our next service. It'll be starting at 1130. But here's what I want to impart to you now. 
It is a confident expectation that God is not just coming to you for you, but he's coming through you for the world, right? And, it's, and a lot of you, I declared this when you came through, is that certainly, certainly you're now marked by abundance, the abundance of his grace, the abundance of his goodness, the abundance of his life to you. It's flowing to you and it's flowing from you. You are going to become the place that Psalm 23 talks about where the Lord will actually lead people to lie down by you because your heart has been restored to a place where the peace of God that is so transparent in your life and they just need to get into proximity to you so he can say, I'm going to cause them to lie down beside you so they can know what peace looks like in flesh. Just like Jesus had to become flesh so that we would know the Father. We've actually going to become the peace that people need to experience. This is, we, I told you in during worship, the Lord said, transition my church, not just legacy church. This is a regional decoration. Many of you may know, I carry an apostolic calling. Transition my church into the revival. So I just make a regional apostolic declaration that the church of the Christ, the united church in this place, in this region, has now been transitioned into the revival and awakening. We're not going back. We're moving forward. And you've been released with an impartation. Freely receive, freely give it away. Go marks people with innocence today and watch what happens in Jesus' name. So let's just pray right now. Father, we celebrate your name. We celebrate your goodness. We celebrate what you're doing in this place. We thank you, Lord God, that you are breaking the mold of what we've made church services so that we can step into the fullness of what your body is called to do and become. So I release abundant impartation now in every place, in every way, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Amen, amen. All right. Love you guys very, very much. Thank you so much for joining us as we seek first after God's kingdom and release it to transform lives and cities. If you would like more information about how to grow in the kingdom or connect with Legacy, go to our website, www.legacynb.com.